Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Joe. Hi, Oliver. Hi, Joe. Um, I set up the bedroom last night i was feeling a little frisky and i lit the candles actually you know what that's all i did i just lit candles the bed still looked like shit and there was clothes all over the room but i was feeling a little frisky but aaron was drinking wine with kurt and uh i fell asleep before my plan you know was supposed to work but it didn't work i fell asleep they were talking all night is that the first sign that you know you're getting old when you're setting the mood in your room for a moment with your wife and the mood is so comfortable that you just end up falling asleep and you don't really wait around for your wife to come into the room? Essentially, I set the mood for myself because I, I, uh, I was so cozy. I was like, wow, the candles. and I'm in bed. You know, I, I, I got lotioned up because I'm typically dry and when I'm looking for some frisk, when I'm looking for a little SEX, I, I lotion up. I smelled good. I was shiny, you know, freshly showered. I mean, I was wow. like a little, I was like a little scrumptious little, little pound cake. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I got so comfortable and so cozy that I just I passed out. You went from pound cake <laughs> to angel food cake. You I did sleep like a little angel. That's I uh, did. Well, I first of all, I hope she appreciated the effort that you uh, put forth. And secondly, yep. she probably appreciated the fact that you were asleep. Third and finally, she was talking to Kurt, who I never knew anything about the Christmas Chronicles. I mm-hmm. read a headline that your mom and dad were doing Christmas Chronicles 2, which led Michelle and me and the boys to watch Christmas Chronicles 1. And right out of the gate, there's my man Oliver Hudson playing the dad to these two kids. And shortly thereafter, you're dead. Yeah, I was dead to begin with. You know, you see me in flashback, but it was a pivotal role, Joe. It was a it was a pivotal role, uh, arguably the most important role in that movie. If you don't have me, if you don't have the gravitas that I bring to that kind of a cameo, you have no movie. You need to feel for the father. The whole idea, the whole concept hinges on you caring about this dad and him being dead. And if I didn't bring what I brought to that, Christmas Chronicles probably wouldn't be very successful. I don't disagree. And I think what impressed me the most about your acting mm-hmm. 
was your ability to act as if you're really talking into a camcorder. It was very subtle what you did because you acted as the typical dad talking to kids in a camcorder as opposed to somebody acting into a big camera. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. It was I very believable. And I, yes, I, I thought you're selling this really well. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it Michelle? What's the name of the uh, lead? Your your counterpart, Her- Mich- Michelle oh. Williams? I mean, you're in a hundred scenes with her. How do you not know her name? Kimberly. Kimberly. That's yes. It. Kimberly Williams Paisley. Correct. Aaron still has to cut that. It's okay. I mean, so what? I, I, I we can cut she, it. She, no, we're not. So she probably doesn't st- even know my name. She- okay. <laughs> I, for real, I, it's, it's fine. I, I'm not like. Worried. I just thought it was good because <laughs> I watched you act as if you're the typical dorky dad acting into a camcorder so yeah. well done you had our thumbs up michelle mm-hmm. me both boys loved your acting thought it was blake thought it was a tour de force and then the next <laughs> thing you know you're dead and then the yeah. next thing you know after that previous thing that you knew is that there's a second uh installment of this vehicle this is like the fast and the furious and mm. you're unable to be in part two, I assume, because yeah. you're long since dead. Sad. I know. I know. Uh, it's okay. You know, I had my moment in the uh, in the ornament, and that was that was it. And that you was, were a firefighter. Firefighter, the, dude. I you was, raised I was a good a daughter. Your kid's a little fucked up. Your your older yep. kid who's like stealing yeah. cars and yeah, he's fucked up. Man, but they end up, up believing in Santa, and God, so did I for the for the little bit of it's time. It's to that be I expected. Yeah, it's to be expected. I mean, when your dad suddenly dies, you know, it's probably hard. He's, to He got off the tracks. Me. He got off right. The but track. I blame uh, I blame Kimberly for not, you know, she doing seemed better. absent. She seemed she absent. was absent. She was absent. I think, and and um, she got selfish, and she was concerned about her own pain, and instead of her kids, and that's why uh, Teddy, my son. You know, went off the rails. You know his name, but you don't know your co-star's actual name. Well, I know the character name. I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know his actual name anymore. I'm horrible with names, by the way. So am I. I mean, I'm horrible with names. I, I'm on a. I'm on TV shows for years, and by year three, I'm like, oh yeah, now I got it. Yeah, you know, I'm the I mean, same way. Terrible, and I, I have to I do. Na- I have to do word association to remember, yeah. <laughs> or or go. Oh, this guy's Adam. He reminds me of Adam Scott because he's got yes. a beard. So now I know his name's Adam. But the fact that his name's it should be enough that I just yeah. spent four hours playing golf with a guy, and I shouldn't have to walk up to his tag on his bag after four hours and go, "Hey, man, it's been fun. Thanks, Adam. See you next time." <laughs> No, I know. I, and golf, golf's great because you can just like peek at the scorecard, you know, pretend to like, you know, go into this, uh. you know, their cart for whatever reason and check the scorecard. I have no shame about not knowing people's names, though, because I'm realizing the majority of people do not know anyone's name. I think mm. that if you do know people's names, you are in the minority. Most people don't remember names i think so i'm okay with it and it, no one should take it personally I, I i love you the same way i just learned your name uh, that's fair and i think the the problem for you and me is that people see us is it you and me or you and i i'm getting very confused well you take with the this. you and out 
Okay. So I would say the problem for me okay. so it becomes you and me. Okay. So then when do you do you and I? Uh, you and I are talking on our Zoom call right now. It wouldn't be you and me because it wouldn't be me are talking on a Zoom call right now. We I am talking are. on. No, it's it's you take the first part out. Yeah. And then you leave the second part and it's got to make sense in the sentence grammatically. So you and I are talking on a Zoom call. I am right. talking on a Zoom call. Right. You and me are talking on a Zoom call. Me well, that, is talk you can't. Right. Right. Okay. So okay, this is good. So to go back what yeah. I said originally, the problem for you and me, right? The problem mm-hmm. for me yeah, I wouldn't okay. say the problem for I. So the problem right. for you and me is, is that we are seen publicly and people know our names. Or people see me on TV every time they turn it on these days. So it's easy for them to know my name. And then I, even when they tell me, it just goes in and out. It's gone. I mean, you mm-hmm. can convince me the guy's name is anything. And and I would believe it. <laughs> I know. But the the irony of all that is, during your your games you have to know every name i know it's written down but every name every last name right (laughs) but they have numbers so if i could put like with adam the in our golf group if he was number (laughs) 75 all of a sudden 75 and adam makes a lot more sense than just adam this is a great idea i think that you should number all of your friends and, and and that will help everything out and by the way List them from top to bottom. So number one is your best friend or the one you love the most, you know? And then well, you can just name them from there. Where do I, I fit on that list, by the way? I think, think these days you've ascended to, okay. I top would say, five. oh, easily. I would say like a top three spot. Now, the guy we're talking nice. to today is yeah. a top five, but I never get a chance to see him. He is... Without a doubt, the only friend that I met that I that I didn't know prior to college at Indiana, that I met my last year there, he and I had the same class, a bunch of same. He was an English major. I was an English major. We had a lot of classes together. The guy had a cool look to him. I was like, I think I might, you know, I, this is mm-hmm. the kind of guy I could hang out with. And he kept showing up in all these classes. I said, hey, I'm Joe. Hey, I'm Lee. And, uh, you know, the guy was president of fraternity, the most unfraternal guy you could ever meet. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like you to me. He was he was the opposite of me. He was a weed guy in college. I wasn't a weed guy in college. I kind of lived vicariously for a semester through Lee. I saw kind of the cool side of Indiana University. He had his own house that he lived in with friends. He was kind of what I wished my college career was like but i was working and doing all this other stuff during college so Mm. i met him at the end we stayed in touch the guys had a horrendous road and yet is in a great spot living in dubai uh is he calling in from dubai he's calling in from dubai wow and he's one of those guys you have friends like this i don't know where you would number them uh but you have friends like this (laughs) That you could introduce to Kurt and Goldie, Kate, or yeah. your dentist, yeah. and and they would all go, oh, that's a cool guy, and and it would just be easy, you know. Yep. Like I, I could put Lee with you. We could drive ten hours to Vegas someday, and you go, oh, I love that guy. He's cool. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah. So so he's just and, one of those guys. Right. And so he's we're gonna hear his story, but uh he's just been through crazy, been crazy, crazy, crazy shit. A lot that and yet what I love about him, and I'll say this to him on the call, is that all of the hardships that he's been through, some by his own creation, and I'm, a- I'm anxious to see how deep into this he goes. Yeah, how, how much can I actually, uh, you know, I don't want to be I, offensive. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to offend You're not gonna offend him. I, yeah, you got to take the, at least start this thing. Cause. No, I will, but, <laughs> and, but I'm anxious to see how much he's going to give on this. Uh but where I was going with that is it hasn't changed him. He's been through a lot, and yet he's the same guy that I grew to love in a short time in Indiana. Mm. He came into town, you didn't, for my 50th birthday. Michelle Wasn't flew invited. In. He, he flew in from fucking Dubai. Yeah, you were invited. He flew in from Dubai. Wait a minute. You couldn't this- fly. This was like two sum- last summer. Yeah, it, I yeah I wasn't invited. Remember? Yeah, you were. You were invited to that. Babe, were we invited to Joe Buck's fiftieth birthday party? She said no. Yeah, you were. I I don't I don't care what Aaron says. You were invited. Doesn't matter. I think matter. I was doing something. You may have been Hold doing on. something. Hold, I'm finding this out. What were we? Where Where were we? We We were away, weren't we? I can see yeah. you winking at her. Like I didn't we were wink. away. We, we were. We were away. It, it doesn't matter. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is <laughs> I bring him in. Michelle yeah. brings him in. She's She'd never met him. She got into my phone, mm-hmm. went through all my contacts. Mm-hmm. Thank God I'm living an above-board life. <laughs> and right. found Lee's number because she heard me talk about my friend Lee, who was so interesting, flew him in, and it was like he is the guy that you can pick right up with after yeah. five years, like we were talking about last week, and yeah. it's no different. And yet this guy's living in Dubai where he's he's running an English-speaking school for, uh, like, I don't even know, Dubaian kids. Dubaian, that's how yes. you pronounce it. Okay, thank you. Okay, that's, uh, that's crazy. That's crazy that he went, I mean, was Dubai, why Dubai? I mean, I guess we'll ask him all these questions. I think there's opportunity. He was a principal of a school in Indiana. He's from Michigan City, Indiana, on the other side of Lake Michigan from where Chicago sits. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's like, where are you when you show up there and you're kind of on the shores of Lake Michigan, but you're Mm. on Indiana. Uh, You're in Indiana. And he. so I visited him a couple times. Uh, He's Lebanese-American. Good-looking dude, uh, and really, you know, guitar player, uh, just a cool guy. And and Lee is one of those guys that listens to our podcast and will give me feedback that means so much because mm. he really intently listens. He's a smart, thoughtful guy, and he'll give feedback which I've sent to you before. Yeah, that is really deep. And that's nice. How much you've got good friends. I don't get feedback from anybody. You're always saying, Oh, this person said this, and you're sending me texts and voice notes from your friends and people who are, who are, you know, who admire what we're doing and who think it's great. I don't get any, I don't get that. You know, I I don't know whether it's because they don't listen. Well, yes, they do not. It's interesting, you know, with my family as well. We don't talk about the business, we don't talk about 
movies or TV or Hollywood or podcasts. And we don't really even watch each other's shit for the most part. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We don't, we don't discuss our, our careers. Like so. you won't sit down and your mom won't say, oh, honey. How she talks. Oh, 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 honey. Yeah. Oh, honey. <laughs> I saw Rules of Engagement last night because yeah, we were no, going to bed. No. What a great scene with no, 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 no. They'll watch the first couple, you know, when something new is out or whatever. And then that's, that's, then that's ball game. And they're like, yep, that works. I feel like they watch Wyatt's stuff more probably. I think they're more enamored with his uh, choices you know, my stuff is great. No doubt about it. I love it. But, you know, Kurt and mom aren't really going to sit down and, and religiously watch a sitcom. Whereas if Wyatt, you know, when Wyatt did his show, it, it's got some some shit to it. It's on AMC. It's cool. It's creative. It's well-written. It's well-shot. You know, it's more, you can invest more in it. And I think maybe that's that's why. So uh, yet again... You're downplaying your show abilities. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I'm just saying, you know, talking about who watches what. Like, do you think Rules of Engagement, now that we're X number of years since it <clears throat> ended, do you think yeah. that was a great show? Do you think that was a good show? Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I, mean, think, it's a, I think it's a good, I think it's <clears throat> cleverly written. It's funny. It it's was. tight. No doubt. No doubt. No, no doubt about it. As far as the sitcom world goes, as far as that medium, it, it was it was funny. Uh, it had heart. I thought it was very good. Yeah, without a doubt, I know. agree. But, but, but most of the time, when I ask friends that are in stuff, they will always downplay their own stuff. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not. Most people aren't the kinds of people who are like, "Oh man, I was so sick in this thing. I was amazing, and you got to watch this. You got to watch my performance. You got to watch." You know, uh, it's that doesn't happen very often. I don't like watching myself. It, no, I, just, I don't think anybody does. You'd have to be such a narcissist, yeah, I just, an asshole. The thing is, especially with with splitting up together, the show that I just did, that I, my last show that I did, I had so much fun doing it, and it felt so good doing it that I didn't want to watch it to ruin it. You know, I wanted just to keep the memory of the scene of shooting, inside. yes, and what that felt like. Because the minute that I watch it, it taints all of those good feelings because then I get hypercritical. So it's, it's better for me just to put it out there or do my thing and then not see it. And, and, and partly that's why I'd never listen to our podcasts. I just – I love doing it. I don't want to listen to it and, and analyze it and critique it. I want to keep it, keep it fresh. Keep that's it why you should do – Broadway. You, that's why you should do a play, even though you're scared to death to do it because you're scared of forgetting your lines. You won't because yeah, you run it enough where it becomes second nature. I mean, you did that, and I, I did plays in high school. You don't. I mean, you could do a book, and by the time you get, you do chunk by chunk. You. That's why you should do that. I think you'd I be know. great at it. I'd love. To, I'd because you're I comfortable. Honestly, yeah. I. I. As I get older, I feel like I want to do a play more and more. Interestingly, you know, it's almost the reverse. Never have done a play got into the TV movie industry and then I do a play usually it's the other way around but I think I'm getting the I think my balls are growing a little bit I think I'm feeling that I could do a play and that it would be fun and, and fulfilling yeah you know but never, normally it's the other way around isn't it yeah. in your business yeah. 
Like I remember what, Rudd. I saw Rudd. I saw Ham. Plays. All yeah. those guys were doing plays. Well, and because then, they're actors. They're, they, well, they, what they are you? Grew, I'm an actor, but they grew up wanting to act. You know, Rudd and, and Ham, they probably were, when, when they were young and, and doing plays and in high school, and they wanted to be actors. I, that was never a dream of mine. I, I started acting at 21 years old. I made movies with my friends. I wanted to be behind the camera, creating the movie. I was in them as well, but that's more of what got me off. Yeah, but I I went to college two years done. Went to SC. I did a, a an intensive little film school there for the summer, and then I tried to model for a second, which was a complete disaster. And then I just said, you know, I, I, my family fucking does it. Let me try it, and that's how I got into acting. And right. then I fucked off for four years, maybe a little less, three years. Didn't take it seriously, and then finally decided to. Uh, put my nose to the grindstone, at least my version of that, and get it going. You, you know, always and, give the disclaimer. You always give the disclaimer. Well, I think from you're a psychological... My version, you're my version Right, of right. I don't disagree. From a psychological standpoint, I think that if I had better work ethic, I would be, I would be even more successful than I am right now. I wish... I wish I had just a little bit better work ethic. I, well, I would rather play than work. You know? Start by cleaning up your room. Like when you got all buttered up last night and felt mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Rumor Willis going out on her blind date <laughs> oh, with cocoa, cocoa butter all over your body for Aaron. Yeah. Uh, you still got, went to sleep with your room a mess. Yeah, right? I was slippery. I was so slippery. But you still have shit all over the place is my play. Is my yeah, but, but the candlelight sort of, it drowned out the clutter. You, you didn't see it, you know? So it was okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And so, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I, I do. The room is a mess. And it's um, fine. This is how we live, man. This I know. That's why I love you guys. That's why I'm friends with Lee. And he's getting on in one minute. He just texted me. He was, I don't know how we screwed up the, uh, time change but oh. yesterday i said well what time is it there it was 11 30 where i am <laughs> and it was 11 it was 11 30 a.m where i was yeah st louis and it was 11 30 p.m okay where he was so i said yeah. tomorrow get on at 11 30 which should be yeah. 11 30 my time ah 11 30 p.m his time yeah we're talking i'm talking in the a.m in st louis yeah. now all of a sudden he's like yeah we got two hours right like what? What is it about this podcast that everybody can't fucking get on this thing at the right time? I don't get that. And what did, did Dubai move? Did St. Louis shift overnight? All of a sudden, we're two hours in different time zones somehow. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know, man. I don't know. But that's the beauty of this podcast is that it, 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 there is no structure. <laughs> for sure sometimes the mics work sometimes they don't sometimes you hear echo because i don't have my headphones in sometimes it's clean i know josh sometimes our, we hear our editors your, yeah sometimes we hear your house uh doorbell chime chiming yeah with your kids going in and out sometimes we don't sometimes my two and a half year olds are crying in the background sometimes they're not that's right sometimes your internet goes out and you're gone for a good right. seven minutes fair enough you know and then yeah. uh but no one knows that. It, but nobody notices, and you don't yeah. even know. I remember we did Azaria. Oh, I'm I like, noticed. Man, sorry, I dropped off. You're like, oh, you did? 
So you were yeah. on a roll. That's good. I, I was going, and then I realized Joe's not, you know, speaking, so something must be up. But that's the beauty of our shit. It's, it's you never know what's going to happen. I mean, there could be a dinosaur that eats you in one of these episodes. <laughs> 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 I hear you. Hi. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Hello, Dubai. I'm like, I, I can't explain to you where I am. I'm not in Abu Dhabi. I'm not in Dubai. I am in a place called Ras Al Khaimah, which is one of the Northern Emirates. Are you oh, okay? God. Are you I'm good. Being I'm hostage? Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. We, uh, I came up here. Unfortunately, uh, my girlfriend's aunt, who's like the matriarch of the family, just passed away. So oh. the family's kind of gathered up here. Ah, yeah. What, um, this also happens to be like the national day holiday right now, so everybody's off for five days. So what's the holiday? Uh, national day. It's the day they established the United Arab Emirates on December second, nineteen seventy one. Mm. So I'm older than the country. It's the first place I've lived where I'm older than the actual country. Wow. And how long have you been living? Uh, in the Middle East. I've been here. I've been living 52 years, but um, the country's been here for eight. Oh, wow. no, no, I'm saying how long have you been living in yeah. Dubai or, I've been, yeah, or UA? I've, I've, been, I've been in Abu Dhabi for eight years. Okay. I was just extolling all the virtues of Lee DeBeja to my friend Oliver. Wow. And, and that took about 30 seconds. No, yeah. it, it didn't. It, it, and I send him, when you are nice enough to send us or me feedback, I share it with him because I feel like your feedback is different than most. Most people go, oh, I really love the, you know, I really love the show. You will give yeah. feedback that I learn from and try to apply to the next show to try to get that same kind of feel out of it. And I think you get the idea of what Daddy Issues is all about. I know you've even gotten emotional uh, listening to this show before, which I, th- that blows me away. A couple times. And it's like, uh, you know, like I can hear Oliver with you at 44 on 52. Um, there's that like weird sweet spot in your early mid forties where you start just seeing things differently, man. And you start um, kind of becoming more self-aware about instead of letting other things define you, you start realizing that you can define yourself. Mm. And you guys touch on that so many times. It's just, I'm getting chills just like thinking about it because mm-hmm. I can think a couple episodes where just really like, yeah, that is exactly what happened to me. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that because I, I've been feeling that and I think I've even talked about it on this on this show. Maybe that's what you're referring to, but I'm 44 years old and in the last year I'm finally sort of finding my voice strangely i'm comfortable with saying what i feel and not worrying about the judgment that someone may pass i've let everything roll off my back as as an adult as a kid i'm very laid back that's 80 percent 80 percent of that is is justified and valid there's another 20 that i just hold in you know it's not rolling (laughs) off my back It, it gets inside of me and festers and i've now at 44 am comfortable with speaking my truth and, and, but it's coming out in vomit, in vomiting situations where I'm like yelling at fucking people now. And I'm, right, I'm getting right. overly emotional, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, you know, I learned a 
about that time, like my reactions to things are completely my responsibility and I can react and give them exactly what they want. Or I can just be like, okay, you know, that's your thing, man. I'm going to walk away from this and I'll be fine. Never coming back. It's mm-hmm. cool with me, you know? And it took me, you know, 44 years or so to figure that out. But, uh, it's a lot, I don't know. I feel a lot lighter than I used to. I, when I, when I was describing where you are or were in my life, when we met, I feel like you and Oliver are very similar kind of wheeling off me where I sit kind of the, I saw you as the more rebellious side uh, back in the college days. And, and I, you know, you were a senior, I was maybe kind of half-assed senior at the time because I was working a lot and I always felt like more of an adult. I think when I was in college, I felt like I was 30, like having a job because I was working in the summers and I was already broadcasting and you really, showed me things or at least let me in in that house that you lived in you had a dog in college you were mm-hmm. uh you were maybe a little bit more uh experimental with uh <laughs> some of your ways to wind down let's say after a long day at class and I wasn't that way and I was like man this guy's like the cool guy that I wish I was and then we stayed in in touch to the point where you left Indiana, you lived in that building right across from Wrigley, uh, you know, to the point, Oliver, where I could get up, uh, I could do a Cardinals-Cubs game, I could stay with him in his apartment and literally look across the street into Wrigley Field mm-hmm. when the Cardinals were playing the Cubs, walk across the street, do my job, walk back across the street and drink beers on his ah, porch. Cool. I mean, yeah. he just had the setup that you know, you dream about and, and we've always stayed in touch, but we have never, we've rarely been in the same city at the same time. And yet we always are able to pick up and it's, and like, we've never been apart as friends. And and that's, you know, something that I really treasure with you, Lee, that you know, I, I can introduce you to any one of my friends. They're going to love you. And I can, I can pick up with you. Like we've been hanging out for the past month. And that, that's, that's rare in this world. I hope you feel the yeah, same way. Sure. He does. I got a job of me to tell you this, but uh, no. <laughs> I've always hated yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I, I, I think you guys talked about this in the, I don't know, two or three podcasts ago. Like, that's exactly right. I, you know, and it's a weird cyclical thing. Like when we first met, I was getting out of a small hometown and I, when I went, was in Bloomington, IU, I could just kind of, you know, let my flag fly. And um, if you remember, Joe, I don't think I wore shoes for like months and I had the long hair and, you know, the whole thing. And there was some experimenting going on with substances and things. And, and then I went back home and became that other person again. And now I left town, that small town again, and I'm in Abu Dhabi and it's, I'm kind of re not reinventing, but kind of re recognizing, Mm -hmm. you know, and finding myself. And so it's been, what did you have to, a, what did you have to find though? What, what was it, you know, what, what did you, what kind of shit did you get into? Well, I think like I was thinking about that. Um, Cause you guys talked when you were talking to rumor, you're kind of touching this. When you grow up as a boy, you kind of like, you start fulfilling a certain role of what you think a man is supposed to be. And I, the men that I grew up with were very much, I mean, still are those who, you know, God bless them are still alive, are still very much that way. It's macho. It's tough. It's you're a leader. You're the man. You make the rules. That's how things go. And so I thought, well, 
God, if I'm that way, I'm a failure, you know? And then I got out and realized, okay, maybe <laughs> there's a little bit more to this whole thing. It's a little more dynamic, you know? And, uh, you know, and I always said, I want my relationships to be a partnership. We're both equal, but I don't think I behave that way. Mm. You know? um, and so it's taken me a long time to kind of reconcile all that and, and understand that, you know, it's okay not to have all the answers. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know exactly the direction of how things are going to go. Um, and, and that was a huge awakening for me. And um, when, when I got out of my hometown and I started being even more successful than I was, which is a weird thing to say, um, I realized it was because of me, not because it's a small town and people knew who I was. And that was also really reassuring for me, mm. you know, so that was, big... was your dad, that kind of a man, macho yeah, saying, he's... this is the way you do shit. You need to be masculine. Yeah. You rule the fucking roost. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't that um, blunt with it. He was very much, he's, he's still that way. He's 83. Mm-hmm. He's an attorney, sharp as attack. He, he's an amazing golfer. So he, you know, he won the state a number of times. He got scholarships for that law school, big lawyer in town, the whole, the whole thing. And so, so proud to be his son. We share the same name. All of that stuff is just amazing to me. So I, he, he never gave me like explicit life lessons, but he led by example. And sometimes as a young boy, you kind of misread or misdefine things and you think, okay, I got to be chest out. I got to be stomach in. I got to be that guy, you know? And, but what it takes really is the work to get there. It's not, you just don't become it. Mm-hmm. You got to do the work to get there. And he started as a very, very poor kid and kind of worked his way up. You know, we're a small Middle Eastern family in this town that was largely Irish Catholic and, and Polish Catholic. And so we weren't the favorites to win anything, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> he and his brothers really made a life for themselves. And um, so we're, we've always been proud of that. And uh, yeah, I felt like I had really big, still do, mm-hmm. really big sh- Still, you know, I, I don't know, Lee, how much you want to go back into the circumstances that led you into the Middle East, but I would love if you would to kind of go back. You know, you married an Orthodox Greek girl, uh, and and where that started, where you are, and what's gone on in between. And you can take that any way or anywhere you want. Sure. Yeah. No problem. Um, I, I mean, I think this is really kind of reshaped me, you know? So yeah, we had, I was married for 20 years um, to an amazing woman, but I, I didn't, uh, I didn't behave well and I didn't stand up for myself when I needed to. So resentment grew and and things fell apart basically. Um, And so we divorced and I needed to start a new life. I needed to to get out of town and um, in a small town, when things go wrong, everybody knows what they are. And I mean, to the point where it's in the newspaper and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, it was it was eye opening to, to to move to Abu Dhabi, which is strange to say, but it's a lot like Chicago. It's built in neighborhoods. It's a very walkable city, um, and to walk around there and go, not one person is waving at me. Not one person's like, "Oh, there goes Lee." Nobody knows who the fuck I am, you know, and. And to and here to get a job, you got to get a job first. You got to interview. You got to get approved by the government. You got to go through all these uh, police checks and security clearances, and they got to attest every little thing before you get here. So to pass through that, which kind of legitimizes me, 
to get hired and then to get almost promoted like a week into me being here was like, all right, nobody knows who I am. And this is still happening. So that really was um, reassuring, you know, and I didn't think I was insecure at 44. I was 43, excuse me, at the time, but I was, you know. So you thought your ascension to, you went assistant principal, then principal in Indiana. You thought a lot of that was based upon you being a hometowner, your status in the city and whatever. And, and it took you going to the middle East to figure out, no, I'm actually good at what I do. Right. Yeah. Because I had heard so much, Oh, aren't you Lee's son? Oh, you're Lee's son. Like even when I would win golf tournaments in high school or as a, you know, as a junior, it was like, you're Lee's son. So that's why you're, you know, that's why you get this. And like, I don't know, maybe because I practiced and that's why I won. Maybe that's, you know, I'd like to hear that once in a while. Right. Um, and then, and it, it, it did happen in my 30, late 30s when I was interviewing for administrative, administrative jobs and they offered me three at once, which one of these would you like to choose? I'm like, nobody gets that, you know, that, that can't be me. Mm-hmm. There's no way that I've earned the opportunity to, to pick my school, pick my situation. And so even then I thought, oh man, I'm all for nepotism. I think you guys have been through this a number of times. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that's something that I wanted to stand up and say, because nobody in my family is in that business and nobody has risen. You know, I mean, we have teachers that are my cousins and things, but nobody had gone into administration the way I had. So, so tell me this, when you marry Anastasia, you have these two girls and, mm-hmm. and they, I, 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 I was always proud of you and still am of, I felt like you dived into fatherhood the way I did. Like I wasn't going to do this half-assed. Like if it, I'm, we're bringing these humans into the world, I'm in. And, and I always got that vibe from you, even though, again, I, I never really saw you a lot raising your girls, all the conversations that we would, you know, go into because we were both fathers of girls, mine just a hair older than yours. Mm-hmm. Um we had great conversations about that, but now as you sit here, I know your relationship with them is not good or, or even existent. Why? And and that's right. Well, yeah. So uh, just because of, so we were all very close as Joe was kind of letting on. Um, I was because of my hours, my, my wife being Greek had restaurants to run, of course. So, um, I would work in school all day. Then I grab the girls and we go shopping. We cook together and we do our whole thing. We do the homework, you know, the, what I could handle. And um, we'd kind of do that whole thing together. So we, we, and the weekends we spend all day together because she'd be prepping at the restaurants and then she'd come home late at night and then I'd go uh, bartend and close the restaurants. Um, so yeah, we spent a lot of those formed years and we were really tight. Well, when the divorce came along, you know, as I said, I was, um, I, I had a, uh, non-sexual affair um, with a woman that kind of broke the back of everything. Um, it was very much emotional and it was something I was looking for instead of just finding it at home like I should have. Um, but that's, again, it's another learning thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has become, that falling apart has all been shifted towards me because I had left town shortly after the divorce. And so that opened the doors to all kinds of uh, stacking the deck against me, I guess you'd say. 
And so we have a very strange relationship. I do exchange time with them every once in a while. It's nothing like I would ever want it to be. Um, you know, I'm still supporting them financially mm-hmm. as I, as we always will be. Um, so where do you think that stems from though? What do you think? Okay. So you, the divorce happened and you, you left, right? So right. <clears throat> is there, do you take responsibility, any responsibility for your lack of relationship or is it, you know, mom sort of saying that dad is a, an asshole and don't talk and don't right. have communication with him? Yeah, I don't know, Oliver. I mean, I try, I send them texts, if not, you know, three, four times a week, every day, you know, uh, just to see what's up. Hey, talk to me. How you doing? What do you need? What's going on? You know, happy birthday. Here, there's a storm coming, whatever mundane shit to holiday stuff, you know? Um, and I don't get anything back. And I got, actually, I got something back from my oldest one. She's 23. Um, and, um, it was a long rant and it didn't sound in her voice, you know? And so I'm like, where, where did she get that from? She's, you know, I just said some things that really just crushed my soul, you know? Mm. Yeah. And we just, we, we haven't had a chance. We started going to therapy as soon as we split up and the therapist in the, in our second and last session said, um, you know, it's not only his fault. You guys both have to realize that this is both of your fault, that this is, and that's when my ex-wife got very upset and I went back to the third session and I'm like, where is everybody? And she said, the therapist said, nobody's coming. They're quitting. They're not coming back. Mm. And that was the last time we all sat in the same room to talk about anything. You know? Oh, God. That was, yeah. I, and, and why I wanted to have ago. you on, because I think it's in a way, you know, Oliver talks a lot about his situation with his father as a dad who got out of the situation you're, and, and really didn't reach back across the aisle for a long time until they're still, mm-hmm. they're reconnecting. And, mm-hmm. and you're, you're kind of the opposite in that you had this non-sexual affair. Mm-hmm. The thing fell apart. You leave mm-hmm. Indiana, you go to the Middle East, you've changed your life entirely. You've had to leave everything behind and yet you're still yearning to have this relationship with your girls and, and they're not, reciprocating at some point Lee I mean they're in their early 20s like they they are going to have to think for themselves and I'm 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 interested to know where you sit on how much you can or want to do to try to go back and how much they're willing I mean at some point something's got to break this impasse yeah so that's interesting that I mean that you bring this up because that's where I'm at right now um I'm trying you know after what the 23 year old had said to me the other day, um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go find out how much I have paid them over the last five, seven years, which was a huge mistake. <laughs> I should. You want to talk about building <laughs> because, up bitterness and, and right, right, <laughs> right. So, so for her to say that I haven't been supportive of them was very hurtful. I'm like, mm, are you kidding me? I, you know, anyway. Um, so here we're coming to a new year and there are, as I think, Oliver, you said earlier, there's still some things that you hold on to that you can't just get rid of. But I'm still, even at 52, in this fear that if I say, you know what, ladies, enough is enough. You're not going to take advantage of me anymore. Paige, you know, you went to a very expensive universities. One still is in one. Everything has been covered. Paying for your housing. You're living in an unnecessarily rich, you know, neighborhood in Chicago. 
mm-hmm. helping you with that. All this is here, but you know what? I deserve some respect too. When you guys want to talk to me, come talk to me. It, it, are they basically just, you know, giving you the middle finger because of this emotional affair that you had? Is that is that is that the only reason that? that because that I think like, at no. some point kids grow up, and and I was just listening. You know, well, they, yeah. they they have their Life own happens, relationships, and they become they go from these little girls who were hurt because all of a sudden dad's not there to. I'm older. I understand how relationships are difficult. I can understand how relationships fall apart. It's time to reach back out to the one father, true father I have. Like it, at some point, it's on them. I'm sorry to say, but you got to. I mean, that's bullshit. I think. Yeah, it, it, I do too. And you know, like what you started with on the flip side. When I hear of a dad who doesn't reach out and make that, just drives me crazy. Now, as a as a somewhat evolved human being, I understand that there are dads who have their thing and that's none of my business. But for me, I mean, I would give, you know, an arm to be able to talk to them every day and have a normal conversational relationship and, and catch up. Um, but you're right. I, at, at one point, my dad has been on me for years, but I was like, son, you got to just tough love this and, and walk away until they come back to you. It's just, this is too much. You're just beating yourself up over and over again. And he's probably right, you know, um, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, and there, you know, there was a very kind of public semi scandal around my leaving town also. So that was very hurtful for them at the time because they were in high school and that was a big deal. So, um, so it wasn't just infidelity. It was, there was, just, there was something else. Yeah. It was just sort yeah. of, it all hap- came down at right. once, and, and it was like, oh, dad's a, a fuck up. Exactly. And he's a bad person. Exactly. That's exactly right. Right. And, th- and this right. is happening when they're, you know, uh, 15 and 13. So. And yet they yeah. really don't right. know the backstory. Like, even I know the backstory of, right. you know, and, and I'm not just just the reality of it is your ex-wife lost her brother they're orthodox greek it was it was a different time and you were searching for some sort of emotional support and i'm not excusing anything that happened i don't even know the extent of what happened but right. th- again like your therapist said it's not just lee there there are two sides right. to this and now here you are god that, i mean that's forever ago and and yeah. You know, you're yearning for a relationship with your girls, which breaks my heart for you, which is why I wanted to have you on. Because when we're talking about daddy issues, now we're talking to a daddy that has issues down the line <laughs> instead of somebody who has issues up the line. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Are you willing to talk about what the scandal is? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was public. So I was accused of having a relationship with a student who had graduated. She was a 19-year-old student who graduated. And um, I was accused of it, investigated, found out. But it's a small-town newspaper. So as soon as they got wind of it, boom, they, they launched it out there. And then once they found out that nothing had happened, they refused to write another article. And I said, well, why won't you cover that part? And they said, nothing happened. There's nothing to write about. So we don't cover it. I'm like, well, in the meantime, you're fucking my life, you know? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was, you know, I had to resign because there's no way I could walk back in that school and say, look, everything's okay. It's all right. You know, I didn't do it. Yeah. Despite what you read in the only newspaper in town, you know, 
So I, I, I walked away from that job. I just, there's no way I could have. And where you it. sit right now as principal of an English speaking school in the Middle East, which does all mm-hmm. of those police checks, which does all right. of that background. It's, right. I'm not, we're not talking to a guy that's living like, you know, behind a subway uh, right. in a dumpster. We're talking about somebody that's worked, working in a place that's already done that due diligence which basically proves that nothing happened, right? So how do you – I just – this is where I've never – you and I don't see eye to eye. Like I would be screaming from the mountaintops, I feel like, especially to my daughters, like nothing went on. And on top of that, here's what I was dealing with at the time. And and yet that – I feel like you're you're better at it than me or you're more – uh, aware, I, you you refuse to just throw it all back, which is admirable. But I mean, you could take their mom down too, and you just don't do it. No, well, I mean, that's not for me to do. You know, I mean, the the crushing thing about it was that my wife at the time didn't believe me. You know, I'm like, what do you mean you don't believe me? She said, came home one day and my shit was in garbage bags in the front yard. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is going happening here? was the end of it, you know? And so and mm-hmm. it was just like, rough. what was your relation? What was your relationship with her uh, up to that point? I mean, was it, was it Rocky? Obviously it felt like probably was it, it had, the great. It had been up and down. I mean, um, oh, no yeah. question. We were in love. Um, there were, it was either passionate or it was cold. I mean, and not, mm-hmm. I, I don't, it's hard to say Oliver. Like I, I'm, at the time, I was not a confrontational person. And there were times I should have been. If I cared enough about the relationship, I should have said, you know what, you can't fucking talk to me that way. I'm not going to let you push me around. I'm fighting for this because it's important. But I didn't have the mm-hmm. vernacular to do that at the time. I was like, I don't like mm-hmm. fighting. I, you know, I came from divorced family too. I'm like, I don't like fighting in a marriage. Fighting isn't good. I don't want to do it in front of the kids. She yells at me in front of the kids. I'm going to take it and just handle it, get on my lawnmower and drive it away, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so there are times when I, I should have fought. But you came in, you came into that relationship as a Lebanese American guy marrying into an Orthodox Greek family, into a family right. that expects daughter to marry an Orthodox Greek guy. <laughs> so you're, yes. you're screwed yeah. from right. the beginning. You've got the deck stacked. You went on your first date. Her brother's there is basically a chaperone. I mean, this is like old school right. stuff that Nia Vardalos is like starring in movies about this stuff. And, and you're, <laughs> How do you I don't know. Her, I, man? I, that How do you just know came that to me name? and I'm really wow, proud of myself. Just, that's a crazy, yeah, that's really but cool. that's what yeah, you right married there. into that's as insane. not just like some kid from Indiana, you're Lebanese American. And now, you know, then her brother passes away and everything else happens. It's just been like this right. crazy domino effect. You go through hell with your own brother, Lincoln. Right. And right. I, I, I just don't, I, for you to be where you are mentally, financially, emotionally, I think is, is a credit to you beyond really anybody I know. I just, I feel like a lot less is taking good people right into the drain and, and you just refuse to let it crush you. Well, there's like, there's so many signs and signposts in my life as I look back that have kept me 
safe and put me here. You know, um, here's here's a couple of funny things. So, you're, yes, I'm Lebanese American. I was a Lebanese Muslim American. I had to get baptized in order to marry Anastasia. Just like the movie. That, that movie is spot fucking on. Everything about the movie was my life. English teacher, getting baptized at 26, da-da-da, all of it. Same. So I become Greek Orthodox. Okay, let's put that aside for a second. Um, uh, I have to change kind of who I am, what I do, all those things become part of a bigger family. All those things go through, you know, I go through this kind of metamorphosis. Then my brother dies, right? Um, Then years later, my brother doesn't die. He substance abuse. He kills himself. He's depressed. Um, Then years later, I have this falling apart of my family, my 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 marriage, my children, everything. I am in the lowest (laughs) I've ever been fucking just depressed beyond. And I'm walking around my neighborhood, which is a beautiful place, beautiful Lake Michigan, beautiful beaches. It's winter, just idyllic, man. And I can't see any light. I'm just like the end of it. But here I am thinking about my brother. I can't do anything awful to myself because my brother has already shown what a futile. Imagine the sign that comes to me that like your brother is gone because of you know the choices he made, and maybe his being gone has told you the value of life. Maybe you have learned that you know. So no matter how mm. awful things might be right now, Lee, get your head out of your ass and look up and start over. Do it. You know? mm. And because now, and now we to the baptism thing, because I get a job in the Middle East. I am now playing my passport that I'm not Muslim. So I come here with a whole different set of restrictions than say a Muslim person comes. So imagine how all that has affected and changed <laughs> the way that, you know, I cross the border and start this whole new life. So wait, just, say that again, because you were baptized Greek Orthodox, you kind of right. leave the Muslim part behind. Correct. And now you're going into a Muslim world. Right. What are your different set of rules? Well, it's much more restrictive if you're Muslim here because you have to follow Sharia law. You have to follow all of the social, yeah. um, you know, kind of mores. Not mores. They're laws. I shouldn't say it. They're laws. So if I were to come in here as a, as, a, as a divorced Muslim man, it's much different than coming in as a what is now classified as a single Christian man, you know. So you I benefited. Agree. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, I missed that part. Yeah. Okay, so you benefited yeah. by what Anastasia's family yes. made you do to get into this <laughs> right. mess in the first place. Yeah, right. And all my, you know, that's, horrible choices. That's where life is. Life is fucking crazy that way, dude, isn't it? Dude. I mean, when you pull, when you go back into the sort of sliding doors aspect of life, and and, and you and you reflect. It's so crazy, and I think everyone on this planet can do that, and you know, count back and think, "Wow, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here." Yeah, crazy. Yeah, shit. It just, it's just like, I mean, there's no way. To, everybody's like, "What is your path in five years?" I'm like, "I don't know what path is in five years." You know, I'm um, trying to do the next right thing and 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 do right by the people around me and the best I can. But even like when I get interview questions, well, "What do you What do you want to be in the next?" I was like, "You know, I just." I would like to be happy. I'd like to be successful. I'd like to, um, you know, impact other people's lives posit- positively. Oh, that's kind of general. I'm like, well, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, that's what I want. Well, get, get, getting back to the girls for a mm-hmm. second, you know, um, they're their mid-20s. Like Joe said, something's got to give, right? But 
even moving back further when all this went down, were you able to have a conversation with them at 13 and 15, you know, and sit down and say, look, yeah, I fucked up. We all fuck mm-hmm. up. Okay, we're imperfect beings. That's the beauty of, of mankind. Right. That's the beauty of the, the human condition right. is that perfection doesn't exist. And, I, and, you know, yes, I made a mistake, but it wasn't the mistake that you think that I made that everyone thought that I right. made. And I'm, there's no blame on your mother. There's no blame on me. Shit happens in a relationship and I needed an outlet. I mean, was there ever, were you ever able to have that conversation with them? No, I, I, I didn't have that, um, you know, I didn't have that set of words to do that at the time. I was so afraid of losing them. I was always saying, you know, we both love you. Um, I love you so much. We're going to do everything we can to make life as normal as possible, which, you know, to a 13 year old is hearing the opposite. Like, oh my God. Everything is wrong. How are they going to figure this out? I have friends who are divorced. They hate it. You know, it's all everything, you know, for a 13 to 15 year old girl, everything is right in your face. It's not thinking through it all. And, and all I'm trying to do, and I, I groveled man for years. I still sometimes have to stop myself from doing it, you know, um, get out of this kind of apologetic stance, you know, um, is your wife at not at all like you need to know who your dad is, you know? I mean, does she not – or is she just still angry and, and bitter? And yeah, we – I mean, you know? I'm really – I would love to just have a normal conversation with her. But where we attempt that, it just it just kind of falls apart. And because, see, our, our normal back and forth was she said something and I listen and I kind of apologize and then do my best to fix it. And now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a much better listener, you know, therapy, thank you, yoga, thank you, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so when I hear stuff that I can't change, I'm like, I understand where you're coming from. Okay, I hear you. Here's the, the thing. Answer. Of all of my <laughs> friends, and, and I think Oliver's in the same category, of all of my friends, nobody is more loving or cares more about other people than you, Lee. And your girls don't know what they're missing, which it breaks my heart for you, but it really breaks my heart for them because they have a guy there that they could lean on and somebody who could help them and who could not just finance, not financially even at all. You can help them navigate life because you've been so many places, seen and done so many things, handled so many ups and downs and death and divorce and life change and culture change and everything else. And you're right there and they don't tap into it. And you're the guy that says, Hey, I love you. And you mean it, you know, when you're saying it to a friend, it's not just a throwaway line. So I, all I can hope for is that, that they see it. Like it makes me want to drive to Chicago or next time, like have dinner with them and just say, look, I don't know shit from anything here. I do know that your father's a great man. And I do know that there are few of them walking this earth and you better reach out to him and not make this just a one-way reach. And, and that, that's what kills me. So I, something's got to change because you, you, you don't deserve well, let me ask you, this. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What, what, what responsibility do you take in all of this? What could you have done differently? You know, I mean, everyone has their... You know, everyone has to have take responsibility in some way. What did you do that you wish you could change that you that you should have done differently? Well, I guess going back to what I 
earlier. I mean, you are, you sorry to interrupt, but you, you know, you are in the Middle East, mm -hmm. right? So I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but you know, you did leave again and you left, you went very, very far away. Yeah, right. Eight years ago, mm. you know what I mean? So what is that with your girls? It's like, oh, well, he fucking bailed. I mean, he's literally 6,000 plus miles away, right, right. Yeah. you know? I'm just playing devil's advocate. So where, where's your, where's your, where, what responsibility do you take in, in all Yeah, that? well, I mean, obviously, um, a lot of that is why I can't have fixed that relationship. I would have fought for that harder, of course. Um, I would have done, you know, I would have been a better husband time around for sure um and i i admit and accept all that you know um bullshit that uh, was that was all. Mm -hmm. um <clears throat> i don't know man i don't know how i could have gotten more into their heads to get them to kind of hear where i'm coming from it's just it's been really difficult you know and like i even when i do get a little bit of response from them um, I try not to bring up anything heavy just to kind of keep my foot in the door, you know, like let's just mm -hmm. get a conversation going. And then when I feel comfortable, then we'll do it. You know, like I was talking to my 19 year old, she's studying crazy, you know, big data at her university in Chicago. And um, we had a good conversation for about 10, 12 minutes about her classes and the way things are going. And then I asked her one personal question and boom, I haven't heard a thing since that was three weeks ago. It's like, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I don't know the balance. I can't figure out how to break in, man. You know, I just, mm -hmm. and Joe, go, going back to what you were saying, like I tried to, I'm like, look, I do have a lot to offer. I told my 23, like, I know you guys don't like me right now, but I'm happy to, to be here for anything you need. I'll, tell, you know, answer any questions. I'll, I, I, I'll be your sounding board for anything. I'm a non-judgmental person. You know me. Um, but I just I can't get him to to bite that hook. Just to did, did 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 mom get remarried? No, no, no. So she's single. Yeah, yeah. And she she's referring to herself as a single mother, which I guess she is in a sense. Um, but it's not the same sense as like I'm struggling to get by. And mm, yeah, 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 <laughs> right. yeah. Right. And she, and it's been years, and she's just not. That's it. Do you think you had to leave the That's United it. States to to get to where you are now? I feel like you're a a better, more evolved person having been there, and that comes with the price of being, as Oliver said, thousands upon thousands of miles away from your girls. Right. No, I I mean I couldn't have stayed in the same general area. I don't think it would have been difficult to get a job in the same kind of position. I didn't want to move down, so to speak. I career wise, my arc was on the way up and I wanted to maintain that. Um, and, uh, I could have moved further away, you know, kind of outside the Indiana, Chicago region, probably. But the opportunity that came to me, um, was that this government here was looking for Western administrators to kind of help them kind of write the ship for a lot of their schools. And I love school improvement. I, there's nothing more exciting to me than, walking into a school that's kind of, you know, that needs help and, and helping them. I love that. So this was a great opportunity. And to be honest with you, nobody's paying that kind of money to American administrators. And I needed the money to take care of the girls, you know, um, she, my ex-wife, although she's been an amazing loyal employee to her father for, you know, 30 some years, he still paid like an entry level employee, although there are other perks, of course. So I'm not 
don't want to insult that or anything, but you know, she's not making a lot of money. So I had to be financially responsible and take care of the girls. And so that all of that kind of ticked my boxes, you know, it was enough money to take care of the girls. It was an interesting job. It wasn't somewhere for me to go high and kind of wallow and just, you know, wait for life to get better. It was somewhere I'd have to jump in and get involved, roll my sleeves up, so to speak. And do they know how much you support them financially? Do the girls know? You know, man, that's a good question. I, I from judging from what I heard from my 23-year-old uh, last week, two weeks ago, my feeling is they don't. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, because of, time to time to send some banks. Yeah, that's that's that was my mistake. <laughs> oh my god, that's what I did. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, he's that's, that's, he's like doing Dead Poet Society in Abu Dhabi. I see. He sends me yeah. these YouTube videos that. It's just amazing to me that you've launched into this life in an entirely different world. And, but I still see Lee giving the weekly morning meeting and doing his thing, but all the while mixing in, you know, their vernacular and whatever. I, I just, I, I'm glad we had you on. I I think we need you and I offline (laughs) need to, talk a little more because I'd love to try somehow to f- help you figure out how to break this impasse because I, I just think the world is filled with parents who aren't doing anything and when one wants to do something and isn't allowed to when it's coming from the right place that it's just tragic and and so yeah no it's true I mean sometimes you know you need a, a third party to get in their ear, yeah. you know, I mean, even if it's someone they don't even know, like Joe right. or myself, yeah. <laughs> just to be like, girls, listen, I just talked to your dad. I know you don't know me at all. Maybe you've seen and, me on uh, Rules of Engagement. You, know, you could bring, maybe you've seen me you on some bring television some shows. and like some reels. Yes. Things. Yes. But I'm like, I want to do a Zoom call with you guys. You need to know a right. few right. things. And here's how I can relate it to my life mm-hmm. and what I went through in my relationship with my wife my relationship with my father, how that all works, and to give them some sort of insight other than what their mother is telling right. them, which is, I'm sure, poisoned, you know, for the most part. Yeah, and and, and she, to her, and I don't know if it's true, she says she doesn't, and so I want to believe her. I want to give her, uh, you know, how it is, man. You want yeah, yeah. To hear again, it that I, way. I, I shouldn't even say that because I don't. But you're really not well. You're, you're not represented just, so. as Lee, the guy I know, as Lee, the dad you want to be. You're not represented as Lee, the dad you've been. You're not represented as somebody who's there and who's desirous of of you know more with these girls as they're launching into a really important time in their lives. So, um, I'm I'm really glad you came I on think- this thing. Go ahead, Ollie. One more thing. I just think that just in general, I think people, especially in relationships, are too quick to just deem that person evil Mm. if there was something done wrong. Okay? We all fuck up in life. Mm. That's natural. Um, Sometimes it's infidelity. Sometimes it's drinking. Sometimes it's abuse. Sometimes it's whatever it is. You're selling drugs. Okay. (laughs) Forgiveness is obvi- forgiveness is a very powerful, powerful thing. And I've learned that in the last two years mm. with my parents, with my dad, mm. um, even forgiving myself, which is not which is one of the hardest things to do. Right. But I think just generally people need to give each other a little more slack when it comes to these things. You didn't do anything. You didn't murder anybody, you know. 
Um, you made a mistake. You slipped up. That doesn't inform your entire being. You know, that was a moment in time that was brought on by other outside circumstances as well as internal circumstances. These are what your girls need to understand. This is what humanity, I think, needs to understand more. Give each other, let's give each other some fucking breaks here. We're living in a cancel culture right now that's so gnarly. And now it's extending into personal families and stuff where it's like you do one bad thing and you're fucking out. You know? I think that we need to be a little bit more compassionate I, as people. I agree. Well, you know, and I think your girls might need to hear that and hopefully they listen to this and understand that. Mm. You know, you're missing out on on a great human being because of an error. Mm. You yeah. know, because of an error. You can still win the game with multiple errors. Yeah. Right, you can. Joe? I've read that. And and I also yeah. but that's well yeah. said. And and I think, you know, like you said, you're throwing the entire opportunity away for something that is at this point in our lives, ancient history. And it's how you grow from that. And it's where I think it would take a load off them. They, I know they're carrying around a lot, but if they were to forgive and they were to do their part, as you, these are young adults. These are not little children anymore. You know, they understand how relationships go. They, you know, far, it's the same thing you said with cancel culture. I assume everybody that's in cancel culture and trying to quote unquote cancel somebody is living an ideal, perfect life, making no mistakes, <laughs> never thinking right, something exactly. that, that, you know, that, that is uh, untoward, never thinking something that might be deemed racist, never thinking something. Okay, so let's say that's not happening. Your girls are not living a perfect life. And, and, yeah they need to apply the same rules to you that they apply to themselves. The self-forgiveness has to also apply to you. So I, I think, I think Oliver's right. It, it has to come from a third party. It has to come. Uh, these are young adults and they need to understand that it's, it's time. And, and that's why I wanted to have you on. And I think your story can, and Joe and I are, and Joe and I are here yeah. for them. So we're, I we're would, I would do it. In a <laughs> they, should, they, they should come on. They should fucking come on here yeah. and air it all. Oh out. God. <laughs> yeah that'd be interesting yeah, yeah. um well i love you little brother lee and uh i am so glad to to see your face you know and and to connect this way and have you be this open about things and and i and i yeah, think when people you, come lee. on this here and cool. open up there's pieces that p- others that listen to this 20 plus thousand a week can apply to their own lives and so um, thank you because I, I think you sharing and being open can help other people too. Cause people are going through the same kind of stuff. Well, I mean, to, you know, when you asked me, it scared the shit out of me to be to say the truth. Cause I know what you guys have been doing. I've listened to all 34 episodes and nobody's pulling punches. Nobody's hiding anything. And for me to come on and say, this was really scary. I was thinking the shower this morning, like, what am I doing? Why did I say yes? I just, <laughs> what's going to come up? And, um, but I, I feel, I feel good about it. It's like a therapy uh, session. Good. It is. You it should. Is. And when I listen to you guys, it's like a therapy session too. I'm like the vetter show, man. Oh, oh God. It laid me I out. I was a mess. Yeah. Leave me I cried like a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> so was Lee. Very cool. Yeah. Lee, but thank you, man. That, that, that's, you know, look, it's not easy to share that those kinds of things, but, you know, just sort of reiterating what Joe said, I think there's a lot of people who are listening to this who can really relate really? to this story, 
one way or another, one form or another, for sure, 100%. You know, I just hope that, I hope that your girls can come around. They're getting to that age where, again, yes, they can think for themselves a little bit more. They need to let go of some of this, you know, resentments that, you know, are almost coming from not a false narrative, but something that's been overblown. Mm -hmm. And they need to want to get to know the real the real man and their dad. I mean, I want to know. I want to know my dad. He fucking bailed. My dad did things way worse than you did. <laughs> my dad just sort of didn't talk to, to me again. He just left. Well, but I'm have forgiven him entirely and and am, am seeking a relationship with him right now because it's important. Yeah. And you know, your girls need to understand that as well. You're their father, and you're a good person. Right. They need to crave that relationship, and they will at some point. How did your lunch? Especially after they talk to How me. How did your lunch go with him? Did you get that done yet? Or are you still in the planning stages? No, we, we've 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 had three lunches together. It's been great. The first two cool. were just airing shit out, basically, wow. and then the third one was like, okay, we did it. We're done. And now let's drink twelve beers. <laughs> And, you know, he's looking at me and sort of tearing up and crying, seeing so much of himself mm-hmm. in me as I see, as I was seeing so much of him in me. It was crazy, yeah. you know. So that third lunch was a really, really good one because we'd gotten all the shit out of the way. But Lee is proving, sort of Lee is right now proving that he listens to the show because you said a couple of weeks ago, we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. talk next week, and I said, does that mean you're gonna talk to set up a time when you're gonna talk? Oh, oh my bad. That's oh, what I'm so that about. no, yes. uh, no, 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 no. Okay, yes, thank you. So that's funny you bring that up. <laughs> he called me actually that next week, which was like, oh, yes. it was yeah. great. Um, but we didn't see each other. But he did call. We tried to figure something out. So it's slow, but slow is better than nothing. Amen. So Amen. you're hiding yeah. in the desert, you know. Uh, and yes. Lee is hiding We're in both the desert. Hiding in the desert. You just happen, <laughs> Oliver, to be a car drive away from your dad, and and Lee's on the other side of the earth. <laughs> exactly. That's great. I am too. Yeah. Um, well, keep us updated, man. I know you will, Joe. Yeah. Joe can tell me, but I, I, you know, I'm I'm invested now. Yeah. I feel Thanks. like I want to I want to try yeah. to figure this. I'm going to somehow get that. this. That's very cool. I'm going to somehow get this to one of those two. I, I swear to God, I, I feel like I want to. I have a conversation. I know it's crazy, right. but I don't know, well, man. Like, I feel like this can be remedied. I really do. God, I hope so. And Oliver really and I do. are going to film it, and we're going to turn it into a documentary. <laughs> it's going right. to be called right. Finding the Prince it, of Abu Dhabi. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Love you, buddy. Perfect. Thanks, Lee. I love you too, man. Thank all you. Right. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. Later, all right. Thanks. See you. Take it easy.